Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Friday PM. And as you know, our motto is, let's talk about it. Today, we're here in Somerset and we have got a wonderful guest with us today. We have Julian Wilford. Now, his name might not mean much to you, but he has got a fantastic journey and a fantastic experience, life experience, of how he was on a spiritual search for most of his life, went into mysticism and did lots of meditation, became a meditation practitioner, but somehow it still didn't fulfill him completely. And on his journey, he met Jesus Christ. And we just want to talk a bit about his background, about um, his life, and about his life with the Lord and how his life before meeting the Lord tied into actually his meeting the Lord and God's hand on his life the whole time. Julian, it's really great to have you with us. Good. Julian, you've just written a book. Bees in my bonnet. Called Bees in my bonnet. And um, it, it, the, the title alludes to uh, Julian being a beekeeper. Yeah. But really, this book is so much more than that. Yeah. I mean, really, that's, that's not even a fraction no. of what it is that you're talking about. Because you discuss your whole life story. And so for people who don't know you, who is Julian Wilford? Well, he's not a bad chap, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I, um, how can I say? I come from a long line of people who are really interested in spiritual matters right the way through. On my father's side, it was priests and, uh, and temperance preachers and people like that. On my mother's side, it was Quakers going right back about 200, 250 years to the beginning. Uh, the Quakers, in fact, were the first born-agains. Born mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I was not... A, my genetic background, for me, is really important, mm -hmm. given the Quakers and finding out about my father's side. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I usually say to people, I just didn't, didn't have a chance of, you know, thinking about anything else because I'm, I was so interested. It, it was um, in my blood, in my DNA, really. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, your book is very interesting. It's, you sound like, well, we know you to be a colourful character, the little that we know of you, but the book really, uh, really <laughs> depicts you as a colourful, not colourful in a, in a bad way, just very interesting, uh, interesting person. So it's interesting to hear, um, you know, about, about your parents, you know, because you said your dad used to, you know, he was a, a clergyman, yeah. but he had this sports car, he was just cool. Yeah, yeah, D dad was a bit of a character, actually. Um, he liked sports cars, fast mm -hmm. sports cars, and he liked collecting shoes. Well, her mother was, uh, well, she really wanted to marry a, a, a farmer, so she was really keen on the outdoors. Mm -hmm. She was a big woman in the WI, started oh, okay. the first WI in, in uh, Greet, which is near Burford, mm -hmm. uh, near Tembury Wells, and uh, she, she did an awful lot. She was a really good vicar's wife, okay. really good. And uh, he did a lot of visiting, mm -hmm. which I think is key to yeah. being a uh, being a pastor or a vicar. Or okay, great. When you were young, I mean, how was school? Well, when I was young, right from the word dot, I used to fish, mm -hmm. mad on fishing, and uh, I spent. Uh, do you know what? In the old days, the pa our parents, you know, my age group. Yeah were really free just after the war. Yes. And they just let us go everywhere. We just <laughs> go everywhere. And um, my parents would let me mix with all sorts of people. There was never, you must never, don't go to little Johnny because his dad's yes. a criminal and that. Yeah. So we, I, I had a really cross-section of friends, mm -hmm. but I spent hours and hours fishing. Yeah. And uh, that was my big passion. So you enjoyed that? that? Yeah. That solitary pursuit. And I suppose yes. that in a way that's kind of, in a way, spiritual because of that quietness. You know, when you fish, you've got to be quiet and then you sit alone with yourself and sit alone with yeah. your thoughts. You're by yourself. And, right, and yeah. yeah, so that I'm sure that, that you know, kind of ties in mm -hmm. um, to your life. But let's just fast forward. You were, you were eight years old and all of a sudden your dad says, 
we're going to New Zealand. He's got a, a new job as a clergyman at a parish yeah, right in the somewhere of New in New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, yes. For you Kiwis, it was Tamaranui. You have the parish of Tamaranui. Tamaranui. And okay. uh, uh, near Lake Taupo. Mm -hmm. But it was really quite rural then. Mm -hmm. And the first job he had, which is interesting, he had to bury a Maori princess, or the equivalent of. Yeah. And, uh, and so he went along to the pa, the Maori pa, mm -hmm. and, uh, and said, look, how do you want this thing done? Mm -hmm. And the Maori said, well, we'd like this done. They were Christians, mm -hmm. and they had a bit of their yeah. part of it. How do you want this done? And they said this way and that way. And he did exactly what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And from then onwards, he was right in with the Maoris. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really accepted him, yeah. which was a great asset, really. Mm -hmm. And he had this really spread out parish and loads of churches and the Sunday schools. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. There must have been 80 kids. Wow. It's like when you go to Africa now and there's a Sunday school. Yeah. I went to Kasaro and there was 80 kids. Yeah. You know, and it was like that in New Zealand when we went out there. Wow. Mm. Wow, that was, that was great. Yeah, it was so, lovely. It was a good good place to so be. It sounds like that, that time in New Zealand, kind of reading through the book, I mean, um, it seems like a really kind of uh, just a formative, just something that was really kind of formed something in you because you were in New Zealand for three years. Yeah. And you said it, it seemed like you left quite suddenly um, when, when you had to leave you, at the age of 11 then. Um, it wasn't something you were expecting, and then you were thrust back into into the UK, staying with your your, your uncle Theo. I mean, yeah, that was it. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I went to a boarding school at at, uh, at Colwell, which is near Malvern, an old Quaker school actually, okay. and it was a fantastic school. Mm -hmm. Really, for me, it was. Yeah, they had uh, very very modern ideas at mm -hmm. that time. Freedom was. And I, I went there, and I was really, I really took to it. I was really top of the class, etc. Yeah. Then, went out to New Zealand. Of course, what happened there was I went out, and I went to a boarding school in New Zealand called Southall, mm -hmm. and I was two years ahead of them. Yes. And so that was great, and I was good at sport, and you know, I really, really quite um, had a great time there. Mm -hmm. And then. Uh, I went to a village school, Tamaranui, mm -hmm. for a while. Played rugby, rugby a lot, as you would in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Lucton, which is a, a boarding school in Herefordshire. Mm -hmm. And well, I was way behind then. And uh, I spent the next three years in the same class because they never put you up. Yeah. It, always the bottom half stayed down. Yeah. And I was always fighting for the bottom three places with a, uh, two other guys who have gone really well and done well. Yeah. And then. I decided I want to go to New Zealand, so I went to New Zealand. Yeah. And I worked there three and three years on a sheep station. Yeah. And uh, I worked on a sheep station about 15 miles from the nearest road. Yeah. It was right in the water. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was fantastic. And we spent our time deer culling and pig hunting and fishing. And, uh, and the, the manager had 13 dogs, right? He was yeah. a real champ. And it was, you know, we'd get up four o'clock in the morning because the sheep are always up on the high ground yes. and then we'd muster. Yeah. And he'd be there with his dogs out like this, 13 of them, and he'd be sitting down, a yeah. horse next door to him, me sitting back here watching, and he'd go like that and one dog would go off there and then another dog there, all different whistles, right? Yeah. And when they'd done enough, he had them back and had another dog go. I loved it, absolutely loved it. It was great. So I stayed there a few months. And then I said, um, I thought to myself, you know, a very good friend of my parents had organised and arranged all these farms. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, hmm, uh, to be a good shepherd out in New Zealand would take about three years yeah. to work the dogs properly and all, yes. the, all the whistles. And I thought, no, I'm a cowman. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm, I'm dairyman. Yeah. So he got me a job at Stratford, which is New, New Zealand, as I know, near Taranaki, mm -hmm. uh, Mount Egmont. And then uh, I stayed there, saved up enough money. Um, I wasn't into the spiritual quest then at all, no, really. Yeah. And then I decided, well, a friend of mine went out with me called John Baskerfield. He was an incredible chap. I've never met a chap like him. Yeah. He could walk up to any animal yes. and almost pick them up. Wow. And they trusted him, you know. He'd go to a pigeon, a pigeon would be sitting up here. He'd go like that, and he'd almost jump onto the table. He was an Francis of Assisi. Wow. Was, I was a lovely guy. Yeah. Uh, but he went out into deer culling, where you 
you have to keep the deer numbers down because yeah. they're absolutely phenomenal yeah. then. Yes. They do it by helicopter now, but yeah. he went out three years, uh, three months at a time into the bush, mm -hmm. and then he'd come out and he'd go a bit wild. Yeah. And he got into drugs, etc. Yeah. Uh, then he, and then we call it getting bushed. Mm -hmm. If you get too much isolation, yeah. it affects your brain, right? Yeah. He came out. And anyway, his parents, his mother, well, parents, his sister was out in, all, in Hamilton at the mm -hmm. time. And uh, they decided to get him home. Yeah. Now, I was going to go... With him? Uh, with him over the la overland. Yes. And uh, on a motorbike. I had a huge motorbike then. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the third fastest in New Zealand, actually, uh, um, uh, a super rocket. And... I was going to get it detuned and I was going to get John. I said, come on, let's go over land yeah. on the motorbike. I got all the air working with me. I got all the blurb. Anyway, then he got ushered on a plane and sent yeah. home. So I uh, <laughs> sent home and I, I was left. And I thought, well, what can I do then? So I sold the bike and, yeah. and booked on a India Man tour trip, a bus trip. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so this basically was the beginning of your kind of that spirituality, Chris. So yeah, tell us, yeah, what, yeah. what is this Indian man? What was this Indian man? Oh, it was man? just a bus, a couple bus. of buses, right? Yes. And you, you pay your money, you get on the bus. And where did you take this bus from? So, I mean, you're, uh, in, New Zealand. you're in New Zealand now. So, you, so yeah. what, what's, your, what's your journey? What do you do? You, do you fly then straight into no, India? No, no, what or? you do, you catch a boat from New Zealand. Yeah. You go to Sydney. I worked on a fishing boat, a concrete fishing boat. That's yeah. in the book. You'll have to yeah. read about yeah. that. And then we, I went across to Sydney, met the Archbishop of Sydney, the yeah. Archbishop of Lone, and his family. And, uh, and that was great. Interesting, mm -hmm. going into a big palace, you know, and yeah. he was you know, a very yeah. stern chap. You can look <laughs> him up. And he looked down at me, and I looked up at him. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it, was, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. Anyway, then, from then onwards, they saw me on the boat, and I went up to uh, Hong Kong, and... And then uh, I think I flew from Hong Kong to uh, uh, Calcutta. Yeah. And I met some of the trip people there. Yeah. And then we travelled and we went up to um, Kathmandu. We did the hippie trail. Yes. Right. And we turned on all things hippie. And it was, uh, and that's when I, I hit Calcutta. Yes. And I looked at these guys, all these faiths, and one thing they had in common is the passion for God. You know, yeah. they... they you know, they were really sincere, and I thought to myself, yeah, there's something in this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the old quest started. Yeah. And the old uh, wacky backy and all that sort of thing up in yeah. Kathmandu, happy hippie land. And I mean, so you, you so basically you, you started that spiritual quest then, yeah, looking yeah, at, yeah. just interested in, yeah. in what it was that these different people uh, were tapping into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just kind of followed and it was just that time wasn't it in the 60s yeah. it was just that era yeah. when people were looking at that kind of thing you know marijuana yeah, and free yeah. everything yeah <laughs> and so you were just kind of tapped into that that spiritual yeah. quest so you 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 do your overland tour and you arrive in the UK yeah and um, so you go back to uh, farming you you become a relief farmer that's right, that, yeah. Um, how so do we do it? Oh, I joined an agency yes. called Fletcher Relief Farm, um, mm -hmm. Milking, and uh, they get me work and I'd go mm -hmm. off and do mm -hmm. that. And I had a little um, van or motorbikes, actually. Yeah. I had some Yamaha, Yamaha bikes. I've had bikes all pretty well all through my life. Yeah. And I used to go to a farm and, um, and uh, turn up and... Bloke would go on holiday and leave the cows to me, mm -hmm. and that's how I did it. I got really interesting. I went from the multi-millionaires, right, yes. down to the bloke who's really struggling. Yeah. Go. So whilst you're you're doing this relief farming, and you end up, is it uh, t uh, Tom? Oh yeah, Zoe's Zoe's yeah. father's. Yes, I turned up there. I'd just been to Windsor Pop Festival. Yeah. And that was that was amazing. Uh, that was quite an experience. Anyway, he wasn't yeah. quite sure, but anyway, he saw me in the parlour, and I was, yeah. you know, as soon as they see you can work, yes. and they got a rapport with animals. That was great. And that's when I met Zoe, and she was fourteen. Came down to take a, uh, a dip the milk tank and have a drink of uh, mm -hmm. milk, and she saw me. 
<laughs> so I, and then um, I went back and was sitting in the house and uh, she passed the doorway. Mm -hmm. I was sitting at the end of the table and God said, or I said, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's a girl you're going to marry. So, so anyway, we, we, I got really, got on well with Metcalf. Mm -hmm. It was really lovely. So that became, basically, as you were relief, the relief first, man, you became part of the family. Yeah, absolutely. They were terrific hospitable. Yeah. 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 And they looked after, you know, and it was great. Anyway, he said, Tom said he was in hospital with a knee thing. And he said, Julian, look, I've got this cottage down, the, down in Hardwick, mm -hmm. just outside Aylesbury. It's come vacant, would you like to take it on? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I'll do that. That'll be great. And then I can get a round of Yes, farms. lots of different farms. Yeah, seven yeah. farms, two days a fortnight. Yeah. And then I can have a day off when I want in mm -hmm. Neverworld. And that worked really, really well, you know. And I could carry on the hippie life. Yeah. You know, because I could earn money and uh, the cottage became a magnet. And yeah. that's when I was... I was pretty. I was keen in the Maharishi um, um, Divine Light Mission. That was mm -hmm. one of the things. The Divine Light Mission. Yeah, that was a that was a big contract. That. Yeah. Um, and God's always been with me. I said, oh, we go back to when I went to Teze. My brother got me involved with Teze, which yeah. is a monastic thing. Yeah, in uh, France, right? In France, yeah. and I went down there, and all about all thousands of kids, yeah. all youngsters like yeah. we were. I lay out on the side there and I said, look, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find you. I'm looking for you, you know, and I'm serious about this. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to look and find you. And I got up and left it like that. Mm -hmm. From then onwards, he was right on my case. Mm -hmm. So anybody out there who's, uh, you know, wanting to find God, if you genuinely say, right, God, I'm in this, I'm the real deal, I'm going yeah. for this. Whatever happens, I'm going for it. He will honour that and he'll be right with you. Well, he took me everywhere. He took me up to the Tibetan Buddhists and yeah. the, the um, uh, Baha'i, you know, different. Really. So you, you travelled and you went to see, yeah. see all these different mystics and spent yeah, maybe yeah. like your, your holiday time, you'd yeah, be going yeah. to these different places, Save these different up. monasteries, yeah. Buddhist, monas Buddhist monks. Yeah, and you went to, yeah, yeah. And, and, Mule, yeah. Mm -hmm. and just to kind of find out more about this, but basically the quest for God, because that, that's what that's you were doing. exactly what I was going to do. Yeah, just the quest for God. And you just wanted to, what was it that you were actually looking for? You, you wanted to find I God. wanted a relationship with God. I wanted to know God was real. Yeah. And I wanted an experience with God. I wanted a relationship with God. Because mm -hmm. uh, I knew he existed. I knew there was something out yeah. there. Uh, and uh, I always remember... There's always Christianity in the background, funnily mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. And it says, um, uh, blessed be the pure in heart, for they shall see, see God. God. Yes. And I've always had that one right at the front, you know, yes. blessed be the pure, for they shall see God. Yeah. So I knew that, you know, yeah. that I would see him eventually. Yeah. Oh, you really made a go of this one, but all the time you, you were on this spiritual quest. I mean, you were busy. Mm. Building life. You've just got just got married. You knew you're a newlywed. Yeah. Um, you know your your early life, and then you you, you start to have you have children. Yeah. Um, but you're just busy building because you need to have something stable for your family. You need to provide for your family. Yeah. You need to, um, you know, to do all of that. But you're still on this quest. So where, where did the quest, like well, during the, that time, yeah, the quest was, it, was it in the forefront or was it because you're building a family now? So what, what was going on at that time for you spiritually? It was, it, was, um, it was absolutely, I was nuts on it. And I was a Quaker. Yeah. So I went to Quaker meeting every Sunday. Yeah. I failed. Yeah. I went to other services too, but I yeah. went to Quaker meeting. Quaker meetings are fantastic for a searching person. Yes. Because uh, they're very uh, encompassing. Yeah. And I used to go to the Quaker meetings, and uh, you'd you'd be out questing, yeah. so to speak. In, yes. And uh, then you go back into that hour of contemplative mm -hmm. worship, where you're waiting patiently for, mm -hmm. for God to, um, for the Holy Spirit to, um, to affect you know to, and and also there were many spiritual leaders and teachers that I managed to 
Tick onward, and I always take them to a Quaker meeting. Yes. I'd go with about three or four um, monks, you know, all yes. in their grove, and if you sit them down, I'd take yeah. in a Barmy Swami, Henry Miller, yeah. he'd go in there, and I'd take this Barmy Swami in, and then I'd take in, you know, different times. Yeah. And it was quite interesting because I'd always say, Come on to a Quaker meeting, come yeah. and see what you think. So the, on the one side you're doing the whole mystic thing, looking at the whole yeah. mystic thing, and on the on the other side, well not even on the other side, kind of at the same time and almost kind of bringing the two together, yeah. you were kind of doing the, the Quaker thing because I understand that the Quaker meetings, it's not necessarily something that's led and organised, that no. you come and you meet together, there's yeah. the silence, the silent contemplation, mm -hmm. so it kind of, I guess, lent itself to marrying those two things together. Perfect. Perfect. So it's almost like God was, you know, you're doing the mysticism thing, but God was still drawing yeah. you through, through the through the Quaker tradition yeah. that you'd been kind of brought up in, well, part of your ancestry. Yeah, absolutely, so it's in the gene. Yes. I began really in earnest, actually, mm -hmm. this this spiritual side of things, and um, I'd already been um, befriended. We, we became very good friends with the Swami. Uh, Englishman who... Uh, what is a uh, Swami? Well, a teacher. Uh, okay. uh, a person who was... Uh, I believe he was enlightened. He had all the gifts. Mm -hmm. Now, we have the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, as, as Christians. in other yes. faiths, they have the same sort of gifts, yeah. right? And he could... He had a lot of stuff, and he really got me going. Mm -hmm. Because he could read my mind, he could control people from a distance, he could do this and that. Mm -hmm. He had a huge following at one time. Mm -hmm. And we, we went fishing together all the time, and he had his devotees there, mm -hmm. and he lived here. And he, he really did teach me a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, you either loved him or hated him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what happened there, or well, one of the stories, he, my brother got busted in, uh, in Marrakesh mm -hmm. for dope, and my father said, befriended with Henry, who they got on like a house on fire. He said, Henry, will you go out and help with Julian and help get Noel out of prison? Mm -hmm. Which we did, long story short. And, uh, and then Henry gave me a few tips yeah. about uh, selfish ambition and not, you won't get these gifts unless you, you know, mm -hmm. in, if it's for selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't bestow any of these gifts, which he could do, just like yes. that. Anyway, I really enjoyed his company, and then we came um, onto Alicott, and then I got into um, uh, a thing called self-transformation, which was Gita Belling, mm -hmm. and she'd been the Maharishi's right-hand man, mm -hmm. really a secretary to her, and she'd started these courses up. But stop, what is, what is a Maharishi? Oh, gosh, a Maharishi yogi. Um, you'll have to look okay, it up again. again like Google a teacher, Google again, a spiritual yeah, yeah, teacher, yeah, a spiritual yeah. leader, somebody yeah. who is um, enlightened, yeah, that's right. more on the side of mysticism yeah. And, yeah. and that kind of thing. So she was a Maharishi's right hand. Well, she was, yeah, so yeah, she, was, yeah, she, was yeah. she was mustard. Yeah. Long story short, I, we went into the self transformations, and this is when God really took hold of me. Mm. He said, right. Zoe went on a couple of courses, didn't like them, mm -hmm. right? And she was born again then, I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was, I was, I knew that I really had to stick at this thing. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, we did a lot of processes. We, I met a lot of interesting people, and um, at the end of one session, the last sessions, um, she was speaking on no mind, a Zen concept of mind or no mm -hmm. mind, which confuses the mind, the rational mind, yes. and gets you into the subconscious. Mm -hmm. um, and um, anyway, we were talking. I don't want to glorify this thing, mm -hmm. really, because all you um, Kundalini experts, etc., know about it. But anyway, what happened was that I had a huge enlightenment, mm -hmm. a huge enlightenment like a million sparklers going through you, mm -hmm. bang! And I went in, in a total trance and I had to be looked after. But this was interesting. I thought, hmm, piece of puzzle and stand him, because mm -hmm. I had a fantastic feeling after it. Yeah. Lasted two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I said, I was, well, I'm always praying to God, like, mm -hmm. but I didn't pray through Jesus, I yeah. just prayed through God. Yeah. And I said, look, God, if this is really you, if this is right, let me experience it a second time and then I'll leave it alone, which yeah. I always did with any experience that I got yeah. through. I always just say, give me a second one, and then I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll just drop it. And uh, lo and behold, two weeks later, I sat in front of this woman. We're just gazing in, bang, goes the eyes. Huge 
huge experience. Mm -hmm. And I said, right, that's fine. This is the piece of part of all of Spanish. Mm -hmm. Fantastic experience. Mm -hmm. So I thought, now what can I do with this? So I thought, I want to give back to what I've got. Mm -hmm. I thought I was enlightened mind. Yes. And I wasn't, mm -hmm. but I thought I was. Mm -hmm. So I set up uh, meditation classes. What I did, I put an advert in the uh, local rag. Mm -hmm. uh, meditation classes, six-week course, introductory talk, come and see whether you like it or not, it's in so many words. And 20 people turned up in the meeting house in mm -hmm. Minehead. And uh, I started the So course. you used the Quaker meeting house? This was the Quaker meeting house, I could tell you. Yeah, I was an elder then at yeah. that time. I was mm -hmm. clerk of elders. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was just, I was yes. a Quaker. Yes. It, it didn't matter about yes, no. hierarchy or whatever. I was just a, so I took it, 20 people turned up, everyone took the course, mm -hmm. went on, and it went on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And I did it for about 10 years involved in it. Mm -hmm. In and around Somerset. That must have taken. I mean, you're oh, a lot you're of full, time. You're, full, you're a farmer. You've Absolutely. got a, a, a thriving business. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of growing, and you're doing new things as well. So you're not just doing uh, the farming. You, you're doing other things to generate income. I mean, it, it, you know, when people read the book, you know, they'll they'll know. You were doing a whole lot of stuff. Plus, you were running these courses. <laughs> I mean, crazy. I mean, it? yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Find the time. Oh, you do. It's it doesn't matter whatever, you know. It's true. You'll always find the time. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So that went on. So for 10 years. Well, about 10 years, about approximately 10 years. 10 years and I did doing... talks and yeah. I got involved with the uh, Theobarda monks. And, and uh, I met a. Do you know what? There are a lot of people change their life, way of life mm -hmm. through those courses, mm -hmm. which was lovely. Yeah. Anyway, what happened was that I. This time there was groups of Christians all over the place praying like mad, yes. right? <laughs> well, because Zoe was now a Christian, Christian and she was, and she was people, in the house group. And she was asking people to pray for you. Yeah, well, okay. And, so, um, and I was quite a larger-than-life character at the yes. time, and I think they said, so you're well right, we'll have him. You were well-known in the community. Yeah, we'll have him. <laughs> yeah. And so that was great. You know, it's lovely. But I used to go to businessman meetings and uh, Christian Business, businessman yeah, fellowship. Yeah. yeah, fabulous. And the teachers there, and I'd sit there, and the Holy Spirit used to go whack like that, really tangible stuff, you know. And I used to think, hang on, there's something else here. I wasn't quite happy with the piece of puzzle yeah. standing. Yeah. You see. Anyway, long story short, I went to a outside Carhampton Village Hall. And I went outside, and I think Angela Rose was there, I'm not sure, but this girl called Amelia someone or other. She was a yoga teacher and she was a Christian. She was a heavyweight uh, uh, Christian at the time, married to a, a vicar, or two of them, and they decided to go into the priesthood. Anyway, I said, oh yeah. I said, yeah, it's lovely out here, isn't it? And then we were talking about spiritual things. And I said, well, I, got, I feel I've got the spirit I've got the peace, the path of all understanding. Mm -hmm. I think I've got that. What about the joy, Julian? That's what she said. And that's what she said. And I thought, uh-uh. Because I am a joyful chap. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Yes. Know? But there's a difference between joy, deep joy. Yes. I mean, joy that you know that you know. And it's deep down. And it's, it's the joy, isn't it, yes. of Christian, being a Christian. Yeah, that security, I suppose, that peace, because the peace that passes all understanding, you didn't have peace with God, not, not fully. You had peace with, you were at peace maybe with yourself, but I think it's not about peace with ourselves, it's about having peace with God. Absolutely. And that joy came from knowing actually have peace with God, that I don't have to rely on myself to make it happen. And through all the meditation, and all the things that I have to try and do to maintain it, I don't have to do any of that. I've got a father, I've got a God who is that peace. He mm. is peace. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to try and find it for myself anymore no. or manufacture it anymore no. because it's just here and it's available. But I thought I had, you see, with the peace. Yeah. I thought, oh, the enlightenment. Yeah. 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 Kundalini up there. Yeah. Actually, for Kundalini experts, it ended here. It didn't end here because yeah. that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, not the story. Yeah. Um, and so... And then I had a very good friend, at, um, Ken Eden, who's in the book. Yes. And he was Ken powerful, Eden, yes. powerful bloke. Yeah. And he was a Christian, mm -hmm. and he was into mysticism before. He was yes. a, like attracts like. 
We were standing and he, up. And he, so he came. So you had an, there's lots of things going on at your farm at this stage. We're not going to go into all of them. Yeah. But you had an archery course. And not just any kind of archery. Target archery. Target, not only just kind of any target archery, but one of the best in the country. Well, no, no, that's on the farm. That's yeah. field archery. Yeah. Yeah. Now, oh, I was on Oh, you were somewhere else. Yeah, okay. no, this was target archery. Okay. There's two differences. Okay. You see, the archers will tell you one is one and one is the other. Okay. Neither is trace. Yeah. Anyway, no, uh, this was target archery. Okay. Very, very interesting sport yeah. because it's 5% uh, skill, 10% skill, mm -hmm. right? Getting yeah. the muscles right, and the rest is mind stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we were, we were standing there, Ken and I. Ken wasn't a very good shot, actually. Uh -huh. Ken, you weren't a very good shot, mate. Anyway, we were shooting there, and he said, oh, he said, I, I, I'm into meditation. I, he said, I wonder if this is any good for that. You know, talking yes. about archery. Yeah. I said, what? I said, I teach meditation. Yeah, I'm really into it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And we became good friends. Anyway, long story short, he led me to the Lord eventually after this immediate so he thing. Did, so, did, so he became a Christian after he spoke to it, or was it already a Christian, or was it already no, on the... I think he... I, I can't remember the exact fact, but it was around about that time. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, so you had somebody who yeah. who understood where you were at, at what, who, be, who was a Christian, and then kind of was somebody that was like a mentor to yeah, you, or kind of a like disciple. a real... Yeah. And that's a problem nowadays. So he came and basically walked alongside you, yeah. answered your questions, and was able to kind of kind of take what you knew and then come with the Bible and come with a biblical yeah, thing yeah, and say, yeah. look, and, yeah. and really start to wait. Very strict. Mm -hmm. Very strict. And there, there was this thing, you see, I had all these paraphernalia. Ken said, you better burn that lot. I thought, what? Burn all this? About two, two, two thousand quid's worth of stuff? Buddhas and tankers and fantastic books? Oh, I don't think I want to do that. Can't I just sell it and then give the money to the Quakers. No, you can't do that. You'll be passing on the de deception. Yeah. You'll be passing it on. Made sense, right? So I said, right, OK, I'll do it. So I made a big cauldron, you know, and I burnt it. And, mm -hmm. and you know what? After that, fantastic. You felt <laughs> free. And so many people did it after that. Came to the farm and said, right, we'll burn us. Yeah, I thought that was amazing, um, just that many people who had been on your courses then were interested in what happened to you yeah. and became Christians. Well, and some did. Yeah, so, but, but, you know, that some of them came who, had, who you'd known just because they came to do meditation and then became Christians because they knew you and they knew your story and your testimony and that in turn well, changed them and had an influence on yeah. their lives because they were searching. Yeah, they were searching, but it was the Holy Spirit. All searching. It was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God's marvellous yeah so julian really i mean really fantastic that you've been on this journey you're you become a meditation practitioner you go to a meeting somebody says something about what about the joy you've got the peace but what about the joy that really that was, of, I was born again yes no before, no, no, before you're born again, again and then you then you're born again so you're born again but you've had you've got this whole history of kind of you've been searching in this whole mysticism you've got um some other ideas in there what things were difficult for you as uh, becoming a born again christian that you had to kind of um that you had to deal with um you know what were the what, the, what were the early struggles um as you know in a way, those kind of two kind of cultures collided. Yeah, what happens is, of course, you all, a lot of you will know, <clears throat> when you become born again, immediately the devil or... Yes, the enemy, yes. The enemy wants to take you away, and he's very subtle and very clever. Usually comes in, oh, you don't think that, do you? Do you really think you're born again? All that stuff. Luckily, I had a very, very strong chap in in uh, in Ken Eden. Yes. Uh, very strong, very strict. Mm -hmm. Knew his stuff, mm -hmm. and he could. He he gave me. You can't do this. You can do this. He gave me a terrific teaching, mm -hmm. and I needed it. But then I, I was very much a Quaker at this time, yes. and I was Clark of Elders, and it was. Uh, and I thought to myself, yes, can I be? Um, can it be? Um, compatible with Quakerism, because what I found is there's universalism yes. in Quakerism. There's many ways to God as there are human beings, which yes. is absolutely, fundamentally, it's true. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they're very, um, 
So I thought. Mm, so you had like three? Was it like you had like three questions or three statements? Yes, I did. Three I things did. that you yeah. wanted to be satisfied to know whether your new belief or your your, your being born again and, and pra as a practicing Christian was it compatible yeah, with it. with that? So what were those three points right. that you okay. looked at? Okay, so that was that, that's spot on, Rachel. What you said then. I, we had a meeting of about 50 um, or 30 or 40, a, a, a meeting room full in Taunton. And uh, I was clerk of elders and there was clerk of overseers, Yvonne Fox, who was a mighty Quaker. And we sat beside and I said, can I ask a few questions? I said, look, do we believe as Quakers, do we believe in God? Everybody said yes. You could feel it. You yes. Know, yeah. Yes. I said, do we believe that the, um, do we believe in the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Depends what you mean by Holy Spirit. Do you see what's happening? Yes. We're going up into the mind. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, do we believe what is said about Jesus in the Bible is true? Mm -hmm. That was an interesting one. It's as though the stuff hit the fan. Mm -hmm. You've got the little women in their bonnets, you know, the Quakers, the yes. old Quakers. Yes. Lovely, lovely. Oh, yes, Julian, yes, that was, that's right. And then you've got the Universalist, which I was heading up at that yes. time. No, no, absolutely not. And I said to myself, I'm sorry, this is untenable. I can't, I can't carry on with it. Mm -hmm. So um, I left after a lot of heart searching, mm -hmm. real painful stuff, my. Anyway, I left and uh, started churches with Ken. I used to support him and we... I uh, did the acetates for about five years in church, just changing the acetates for the so you worship. Just, yeah, so you just came in and you just served in a, in a, in a simple way. Yeah, absolutely. You just served in a simple way. And one thing that you have just um, kind of, I think, landed on, and what I think is very important, is the discipleship aspect. People, when they make a decision for the Lord, they're coming out of, if they're not discipled, if they don't have people around them to show them the way, to help them, to help them answer their questions, just to be practical, just to be a friend, and just to be a, a listening ear, um, then it's very, very difficult um, to make it and to sustain any kind of um, new belief, I, I guess, a, a transformation. In Romans, it says about, you know, be trans we need to be transformed you know, transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so you were going through a mind renewal because what you had thought before now was not, was not the truth. Right. You yeah. know, it was, yeah. you, you were unravelling. Some, some yeah. of it, it pointed to the truth, but it wasn't the truth. It was like, an, 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 uh, like a shadow of the truth, but not the truth itself. Yeah. You're very good at explaining things, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I think that's I, I think that's very um, very important because yeah, we can too. look at things and, and 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 yes there is God and we believe these things but there, there are some specific things which point to the truth and not a truth no. not a version of the truth no. but the truth and the Bible says that she said I am the way the truth, the truth and, the and the life he was not um, he didn't compromise on what he said he was very direct yeah. in what he said and it's like. Are we going to stand and believe this, yeah. or are we going to reject that yeah. and then embrace everything else? And what you're saying is, if we embrace Jesus, we can't embrace everything else because He is making claims that He is the way to the Father. Yeah. And when we believe in Him, yeah. then that really seals the whole deal. We can't have our foot in many, many other camps because they do, it's just not you compatible. You it's just not compatible. No. I think that's really, really great. Yeah. I mean, you've got a whole lot that goes on about bees and um, we don't want to go into the whole bee thing, but really just that through your farming and your years of experience um, working with bees, you, you, you got involved in mission, really. Yeah, mission Mission, stuff, really. Yeah. So yeah. You, you become a bonnet. Christian and you... And and then you, you, you can be involved in mission yeah. and it's a practical mission yeah. because that's what people need. People don't just need money thrown at them or people no. taking pity on them. They need people who are going to come alongside them and teach them new skills so that they, they too can 
can help others and, and to so tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing in Uganda and Tanzania in helping you know in, with, with an organization called Bees Abroad. Bees Abroad is where I went. Uh, I, 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 uh, we were holding a, uh, a big festival on the farm. We had we had lots of festivals on the farm but this was on beekeeping and Somerset um, uh, a beekeepers association a centenary or something like that and down comes down along the drive a bloke and he said uh, i'm david stearns actually mm -hmm. and i come from uganda and i've got this bloke out there and he's got a bee project mm -hmm. and i said oh that'd be you know i got really involved with him yeah. and i've been to a meeting with bees abroad mm -hmm. it was a, a small charity really powerful charity but very small no no, no people employed or anything yeah. And um, uh, I went, I, long story short, I went out and I started a project or helped a bloke out in, in Kasoro, uh, which is where the mountain apes And Kasoro is which country? In Uganda. In Uganda. And we did that for three years. And, and that's how the projects worked, it weren't like that you would you'd give support to build them up for three years. So they're always three-year projects because basically the aim was that the three years they could be standalone. So you were not, it was not going to be something where you were going to be constantly um, throwing money in or throwing in resource. It was a three-year project and you had to make that work and get standalone so that they could support other projects themselves from, from right. their projects. You're making them independent yes not donor dependent yes and this is the whole thing about uh, africa mm -hmm. they used to be europeans did it you know yes. we'll, we'll shell out all this money yeah and uh, they become they, they can't help it yes. i mean they've had it so much um, but my thing is that you learn beekeeping or to teach you beekeeping or sets hives up mm -hmm. you can produce the honey you can sell the honey then you can send your kids off mm -hmm. to and um, um, school or by the uniforms yes. and that, and it, that's basically what you're doing. You're yeah. making them independent, yeah. Yeah. not raising people up. And I think that what was interesting as well, I think through the beekeeping project, that beekeeping in in Uganda at least was a more male-dominated, um, more yeah. male-dominated type of um, vocation. Yeah. And it wasn't sustainable because the way that they were doing it, you would have to. Um, when you had to extract the honey, you would kill all the bees in the way that they That's were doing right, it. So yeah. you came alongside and you learned from, from them their, their challenges, but you applied what you, what you knew as Bees Abroad, as the organisation. As an English beekeeper and, too, yes, as a beekeeper. As a beekeeper as well, to give them sustainable ways so that they could continue their business and grow their businesses mm. and, and really um, sow into the community, so Abs to speak. Absolutely. Well, the one in, in Kasoro was great. <clears throat> we teach them uh, beekeeping and mm. keeping their hives alive. Well, what happens is out there, they'll get the honey, they'll make it into beer and get absolutely plastered, you see. And uh, so anyway, you teach them how to uh, extract the honey and beekeeping skills, and put it into bottles, how to market it, into shops. Money comes in, what to do with the money. You set up a little uh, committees. Yes. So they, the treasurer and a chairman and a secretary and they run the whole thing and then um, business skills mm -hmm. it's everything skills yeah and then the kids get involved as well no i think it's great and then the the, the women as well were, were yeah. becoming beekeepers but also then using the beeswax to make candles Absolutely. and so to use medicinal yeah. medicinal purposes so it's it's really fantastic mm. and that like you say it's not done independent they're being given instead of being given a fish they're being taught how to fish Catch. so yeah. that they can sustain and to build up communities yeah rather than looking for help outside. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful um, project yeah. and a wonderful way of, of helping and supporting um, different, different communities yeah. in, in rural Africa. Yeah, fantastic. And, and, you know, this story of your life, which, which ends really in, the, in mission, which is it really is great. mission now. So yeah. you, you, you give the story of, of your life and how, you, how God really um, met with you, but then how he's then through that... Um, use the skills and abilities that you have to pour into other people's lives yeah, so that it. they too can live, um, you know, a worthwhile and existence, uh, really being able to contribute to society. And I think that's, um, I think that's really great because when we walk with God, when God walks with us, 
we don't have to try and find projects to do. No, we find them for you. Exactly. You know, yeah. often, what's the calling on my life? What should I do with my life? If we just be obedient, like yeah, you said, when you must listen to his voice. When you had your 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 mentor, you you were putting the the, the, the slides on at church so that people could see the words when they're singing songs. Yeah, that's all right. Just yeah. being simply obedient, and then God will show you the rest. Absolutely. And, and he's think, doing it now in a big way. Yeah, yeah. so can you just, um, you need to advertise your book because you're oh, yeah. basically, this is a brand new book. It's yeah. hot off the press. Out, how long has it been out? Two weeks? It's been out for two weeks. And you're basically selling this book for how much? No, £10. Of, uh, the, £10, but all the money is going to a school in in uh, Ifakara for mentally handicapped where, kids. Where is Ifakara? Ifakara is in Tanzania. In Tanzania. Now, if you want to find out where Ifakara is, guys... Dar es Salaam, right, get there and follow the railway track and you'll okay. go through Ifakara. And it's out in the Wapwaps and, uh, well, it's a, a town. And the kids there, about 120 handicapped kids, um, mostly Down syndrome, that sort of, or influenced by um, yes. um, drug problems. Yes. And, uh, and uh, I love them, you know, they love the kids. But what happens is, you know, I... You can ask a donor to come along and they'll say, right, we'll build a school. Right, millions come in, yes. you know, thousands. But when you keep up with the maintenance, yes. <laughs> right, they'll put this place up, they put this school up, but it's beginning to crumble now because the leadership has died now. But the nuns are taking it on. But I thought to myself, first job I did there when I set up the apron, I got all the kids out, you know, um, cleaned the apron up. And, and put a little sign, the, the bears are bees, bees where the bees, bees are. Bees are yeah. Put a sign up, territory, bee territory, the kids love that, with a gateway. Yeah. And then I said, look, we'll get it neat and tidy. And then I said to the headmaster, he's our lovely, lovely man, he's in charge of the whole thing. I said, look, when you get a delegation, come here, mm -hmm. bring them out to the apiary and then they can see what it could be like. Yes. Anyway, yeah, that was good, so that's worked. And now I looked at the place and the loos need doing, they're cracking, the kids are getting cold and stuff. And the place needs painting, and the mosquito nets need doing, and the chairs need covering. It wants to be... You know, if you go into a place, into a school, to, with, with your kids... Yes. You want to you want them to say, oh, you know, this is nice. You want yeah. to feed. You want them to have the best. The sizzle sells the sausage, yes. isn't it? The, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julian, I think... No way, I think we've had enough. I think, it's, I think it's fantastic. I think your life story, I think, is enlightening yeah. in itself. And I think that the, the work that you're doing now and the, the work that you, you have done with, with the Bees, Bee Project and the Bee Projects in Africa with Bees Abroad is fantastic. Yes, well, yeah. We're going to stick the details of how people can get your book and get access to your book yeah. because they're not only reading your story but they're really supporting yeah, absolutely. this school 100%. Um, in in um, Tanzania yeah and we you know this very very important yeah Julian I think we are gonna bring it to a close now yeah, I think nice it's been you know yeah eating and exactly merry. <laughs> I think we're gonna bring this to a close now but if I could just pray because there are people I think especially through what we've been through with the pandemic and with everything that's going on people are searching spiritually people are asking questions that they hadn't asked before people have not been able to um, distract themselves with entertainment and other things that they would have done um, but all of that's been taken away and the people that are searching Lord we just want to thank you that you said in your word that when we seek you we will be found by you and often there are many people who are searching for God they're searching for a God but you are the true and living God and you said and Jesus said that no one can come to the Father except they come through him that there's no other way to the Father, that it's not through this type of mystical and esoteric means. But God, you want us to come to you simply, to acknowledge that you are God, to acknowledge that you sent Jesus Christ, your son, to die for us, the only fitting sacrifice and the only fitting way for us to be reconciled to you.
So we pray for all those people who are searching right now. They're looking for the light. They're looking for the truth. You said that if we seek, we will find. And we thank you, Lord, that you will draw those people to, to you who are searching for you, that they will not be lost, that they'll find truth, that they'll find peace, that they'll find contentment, that they'll find joy, and they'll find the purpose for their lives, that it wouldn't be a solitary pursuit, that although each of us have to come to you as we are, we can't come in groups or um, be come by proxy, we have to come as individuals, but Father, you have created this family, this family of God, where we can be co-heirs with Jesus, where we can be brothers and sisters together, where we join this family, where we can just adore you, worship you, see you for who you are, and understand who we are and what our purpose is in this earth. So Father, we thank you for your light, because it's your perfect light that really casts away all the darkness. It's your love that casts out all fear. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we give you all the glory. We thank you for the truth and we thank you for the light that will set people free. So God, we give you all the glory and all the praise right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So we want to thank you for watching this episode of Friday PM. Julian, yeah. thank you for your time. It's been great. And thank you for sharing your story and for meeting us here yeah. in this, this lovely alfresco uh, uh, setting. Um, and we want to thank you, our loyal Friday PM watchers. Yes. This might be the first time you've watched, you might have been watching for quite a while, but we just want to thank you um, for joining us. And we hope that we'll see you again next week on Friday PM. God bless you. Bye-bye.